Time now for our In the Zone UCF report with OrlandoSentinel.com reporter Jason Beattie. UCF keeps moving their games around, so we keep moving Jason Beattie around. Last UCF game was on Wednesday, so Jason and I spoke after that game as a recap, and now we get a Thursday game, so we'll do some preview action. Jason, UCF's kind of spoiling us with all of this standalone attention. I'm very lucky to have my weekends free for the for the time being. I mean, from here on out, it's going to be Saturdays moving on, but... I'm I'm not going to take these weekday days for granted as a journalist who's going to cover all the Saturday games no matter what. So uh, I'll take a Thursday game no matter what. <laughs> and I would think that Gus Malzahn likes it too. You get yourself into prime time and not a lot of competition, uh, especially on a Thursday night that you have an NFL game that's still going to get good ratings because it's the NFL, but Commanders versus Bears is not exactly, you know, top notch. So, But that I, I would think that that has to be helpful for recruiting. Yeah, it depends. I mean, I think Thursdays are better than Fridays. Fridays, of course, are high school football nights. So, um, you know, if there's a Friday night game, that doesn't really help recruiting. But Thursday nights, uh, for sure, and then it gives you the chance as coaches to go out on a Friday night, of course. Um, you know, I think also for us, it's a Wednesday game, it's a Thursday game, it's a Friday game, Saturday. To them, it's just the game. And, and they really work on, you know, hey, this is if, – if our Monday is Monday, that's probably their Wednesday. So – they don't really look at the calendar the same way we do. Yeah. We were talking with Anthony Montalvo earlier in the week, and he was saying his days are mixed up because, really, they, they work on a different schedule than our normal calendar. <laughs> so I'm sure that you've had opportunities to talk to the coaches and the players since that decisive win against SMU. What have you heard in terms of what they liked, what they're giddy about, and, and all of that after the win? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is they liked what they saw in the first, in the second half. Not like they didn't like what they saw in the first half, offensively at least. Um, you know, they really got going. I think a lot of people look at John Rice Tumley's second half stats and, and they're, you know, they see what they like. And what they want to see out of John Rice is more of that. I think really things began clicking for him on the, I think it was the second to last or final drive or the first half where he were he was five for five for like fifty yards or something like that and in the second half that continued. So, you know, I think the big key to that to success moving forward is is having that second half uh, you know, passing game from John Rice to be a whole game, not just one half there or or the other half. So, um, you know, defensively the defense continues to remain strong they they have a knack for getting stops in the red zone the the number one red zone defense in the country statistically Um, but i just think offensively what you saw in the second half last week you want to see an entire game of do you get a sense from the fans that this win shifted expectations back to winning the conference or or is that not good enough for the fan base now or there's such lofty expectations where it goes beyond winning a conference and it becomes about a high level bowl or what, do you, what kind of read do you get from the fans as far as what would please them in, in, in the way that this season's going? No, I think a conference championship actually would please UCF fans right now. Obviously, the, ch- the opportunity to go undefeated is, is gone uh, after the loss to Louisville. But I think, realistically, UCF fans know making the college football playoff is almost an impossible task with a group of five team. And speaking of that, I think even though they did beat SMU last week, Nothing really matters besides the Cincinnati game because if you don't get over Cincinnati, 
you know, that's that's the path to the conference championship, especially when you have teams like Tulane and Memphis, you know, performing better than you'd think. You know, Houston's still in the running. So, you know, I think the result, SMU, you know, to the SMU game was um, not necessarily surprising. I think UCF fans felt confident, but the final score was really, you know, you look at the second half, at halftime they were trailing 13-10, to 10, and to come out in the second half and put up 41 points, I think that really, you know, maybe gave UCF fans more confidence than they had the week prior about the season. We're talking to UCF reporter Jason Beatty from OrlandoSentinel.com. Game against Temple tomorrow night. What can you tell me about the opponent, and what does UCF need to do well in order to win this game? I think one thing that maybe UCF fans might not be aware of, Temple's starting quarterback, he's only a freshman, is E.J. Warner. He's the son of Kurt Warner, of course, the oh. quarterback Hall of Fame. Uh, pretty, I, know, I had only learned about that yesterday, too. That's the one thing I knew about... Yeah, the one thing I knew about Temple as well is their defense is actually statistically, you know, one of the better defenses in the country, like UCF's. Um, they've held opponents to about 16 points a game. The problem with Warner and the offense is they're not very good. Uh, they've only scored about 15 points a game. So defensively, Temple, I think, is stronger than UCF fans might be expecting. I mean, you go back to the Georgia Tech game, I think UCF fans were expecting a little bit more of you know, offensive success from the Knights. Of course, John Rice only threw for 49 yards. So um, maybe another game like this where you have a, you know, weaker opponent defensively, it might give John Rice only an opportunity to, you know, have success moving the ball in the air. So, um, but I do think Temple's better than some fans might be expecting. So we, we know what the Knights are getting from Javon Baker and Ryan O'Keefe. How important is Kobe Hudson as far as getting involved in the past game here? Yeah, it was massive to see Kobe actually on the stat sheet at the end of the game the other night. I mean, he had his first catch, three catches for 53 yards. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that, you know, John Rice was talking on Monday with us saying that basically he worked out with him over the summer a lot, um, you know, when they were, you know, before camp or whatnot, just getting some passes in. So um, it sounds like he's, you know, starting to become a major piece in the game plan. Maybe the first few weeks he wasn't. I know he missed two games. Um, but the fact that the fact that he's you know part of the passing game, I think it's only going to help Javon Baker and, and Ryan O'Keefe. You know, when you're able to spread the ball around, the defense has to you know pay attention to everyone, not just one guy or two guys. So getting Kobe Hudson involved only is going to lead to good things for UCF. You know, the offense has been impressive, but I still contend that the defense is really the strong part of this team. And uh, the national ranking suggests that as well. Top 15 nationally. Do you see this quality of play from the defense sustainable for this group? Or do you think they're playing above their heads a little bit? You know, I think it is sustainable. I think the key is, you know, you have to improve on giving up less yardage. Because right now they're giving up a ton of yards. And Travis Williams understands that, of course. Um, you know, yes, you're able to get into the red zone and, and, you know, avoid giving up touchdowns. They've only given up one touchdown in the fourth quarter this entire season. So um, they do a good job of getting, you know, getting out of the red zone with, you know, three or less points given up. But when you're playing teams like Cincinnati and maybe even Memphis or ECU coming up or Tulane later in the later next month, um, you know, it, it, it's challenging to do that over and over and over again. So really you want to avoid giving up, uh, that many yards. But right now, you know, four or five weeks in a row, they're, they've been impressive.
So uh, you mentioned Cincinnati. That is the big test coming up. They had a peculiar game last weekend. They beat USF 28-24. to What is it with USF? They just keep pushing these decent to good teams. I- I'm not exactly sure what to call the Gators. But, you know, they almost beat, <laughs> they almost beat Florida. They're toe-to-toe with Cincinnati. So is Cincinnati just not as good as we thought? Or is UCF a lot better uh, USF a lot better than we've given them credit for. I, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure how to judge this team because sometimes they get blown out and sometimes they push really good teams. Yeah, it's interesting to see what's happening at USF. I mean, we were talking about Mike Bianchi and I were talking about this on our UCF football now show. It's it's interesting to see, you know, this USF team come out and give the Gators trouble. You know, almost beat the Bearcats. Of course, they are still losing those games. They've only gotten one FBS win over the past three years under Jeff Scott. So, you know, they're still not a really good football team, but they clearly have some fight in them, and they're, you know, Jeff Scott's trying to keep his job. He's made a push for continuity, and maybe these close losses, they can turn into a couple wins going over the hump. You know, as for Cincinnati, I think they're beatable. You know, Mike asked me the other day, you know, who is UCF should not, you know, with the SMU win, should they be considered the clear favorite? You know, I answered that. I don't think there is a clear favorite in America right now. I think, you know, Houston came back and won at Memphis and Cincinnati looks beatable. Like I said, and UCF seems to be training in the right direction, but um, I really believe this conference is wide open. It's, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens when Cincinnati comes to town at the end of the month. Uh, definitely will be. And speaking of conferences, Something that I've been paying a lot closer attention to, and they've made it easy for me, is what's going on with the Big 12, because UCF is headed there next season, and I think the timing couldn't be better, because it looks like right now they're entering what is a really strong football conference. They have five teams inside of the top 25 right now, some really good squads out there from Kansas, TCU, Texas is playing really well. Is this good timing for UCF that they're going to enter into a conference next year that everybody is kind of paying attention to in terms of how serious they're taking them? Yeah, I think it is a big a big deal. Um, perfect timing for UCF. I mean, when it was announced that Oklahoma and Texas were leaving the Big 12, everyone thought the Big 12 wouldn't be considered a Power 5 conference anymore. I think, you know, even though Kansas just lost, they were ranked TCU, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State. You know, they're, they're doing pretty good. I think the key is Texas and Oklahoma, especially Oklahoma, is struggling this season. Um, you know, so it's, it's interesting when you talk about TV contracts. And you, if you're Brett Yormark, you're pretty happy with how the season has gone for you moving forward because you can say, look, you know, our current members are playing really good football. We're adding four solid teams from the American, and they're playing good football. So our conference is, is actually stronger than weaker. Uh, if anything yeah and if you wanted to add cincinnati to the mix just you know playing some mental gymnastics with that then it would be six teams inside of the uh top 25 for the big 12 so yeah impressive stuff at the real beady is how you can find him on twitter orlandosentinel.com for all of his ucf coverage thanks so much jason at some point we'll get back to doing our monday segment Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, good stuff from Jason Beatty, as always. And, yeah, I think that that's a real positive for UCF going to next year. Because I certainly thought that. I thought they were entering what was going to be one of the weaker football conferences. And we all lauded how great the basketball conference was. But football-wise, Texas and, Texas and Oklahoma aren't leaving right away. But they are going to leave at some point. Even if you're just looking at the way they are this year, if this rolls over into next year, the lowest-ranked Big 12 team right now is Texas, and Oklahoma isn't even ranked. 
So the teams that are really producing inside of the Big 12 are the teams that UCF is going to be playing with for years to come. That is exciting stuff. Coming up next, Tazi and I share our betting insights for all of your favorite State of Florida teams inside of college football, inside of the NFL, all of that coming up. Florida Bets, next.